Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to Audacity Presents. I hope you are enjoying this long July 4th weekend. For those of you that are off like myself, get that extra day today. I also hope you enjoyed part one of Audacity to Be Me last week. This was my candid conversation with D. Arthur Nicole about her memoir, Conceal Her No More. So today I want to give you part two of this great conversation, the audacity to be me. So you you talked about, you know, how hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned in the book that you had pretty much perfected the art of holding your hurt emotions inside. What did that look like and what have you learned from doing this? Hmm, what did that look like? I would say it looked safe and okay. secure um, with a little bit of independence, protection, acceptance, and um, strong. Those are just a few words that okay. come to mind uh, when I think about that. But what I learned from holding in my hurt emotions was that I was um, self-isolating myself. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of wasted energy, loneliness, confusion, and judgment. Uh, it took years for me to understand where some of my feelings and thoughts were coming from. Okay. I eventually you know, had to grow to realize how many of my experiences allowed me to look at situations and people in different ways. I became accustomed to not sharing my feelings about myself um, and pretty much fearing the judgment coming from others. Okay. And so today I would say I'm no longer focused on what others think or say because they haven't lived in my shoes. So, you know, they really have nothing to say. And if they do have something to say, it really doesn't matter what they have to say. Okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's just not healthy for me to hold those emotions in as I did. You know, those that will accept me for me will do so and do so without hurting me. Okay. You know, know, I'm not going to give the energy to those people who are undeserving. So now you were, when you talked about, you know, holding your hurt emotions, I have this question of, you know, you're walking around holding these hurt emotions inside. Is that kind of what led to you living this superficial life? Uh, this, uh, the superficial life that society tells us that we need to be perfect. So now you're walking around with these, these bottled up emotions trying to protect uh, what's going on with you, but on the outside to the world, now isn't that superficial? I would say yes, those emotions, although I didn't recognize it. Okay. And that's that's the thing. I know that things had happened, you know, people said things, I had experiences, you know, lost friends, you know, friends just disappear out your life or, you know, don't have time or just change change the game upon you. Right. Um, right. and you you wonder, well, what did I do? What, what what's wrong with me or why did this relationship whether it's a friendship or uh you know a dating relationship when something went wrong i'm questioning what it was about myself 
And in my mind, the immediate thing that I could think of would be my scar. Okay. And so you start thinking about what can I do to try to fix something that doesn't seem like there is a solution to it. Um, So I think I gave into uh, society's superficial life when I moved from my comfort zone of living in the South. I was, you know, living in South Carolina from elementary school through college. And although I've had different experiences when I moved to the North and I currently live in the um, Maryland District of Columbia, Mm -hmm. Virginia area, DMV area. When I moved to this area, I just felt like the whole world was different and my mentality wasn't quite prepared for it. You know, it was okay. a large city right. meeting, you know, different strangers and amongst women who, you know, had a different sense of style and they, to me, didn't have any visible scars. Okay. So men were, you know, they had their pick of all of these women. And the only thing I could see that was right off the bat different was the scar. Okay. So that's when I decided that, okay, well, maybe if I tone it down, that won't be the first thing they see. Then once they mm-hmm. start talking to me and realize that I'm this really cool person, right, right. you know, <laughs> that things would be different, you know, because I had my goals of being successful in my career, as well as following my desires to, you know, get married and have a family. And so I, I really didn't want to go through those things that I did growing up, the crazy looks or the stares and having to explain what it is and what happened. I just wanted to fall in and in my mind, what I thought was normal. I wanted to live that normal life. And that's when I eventually found my it Mm -hmm. and it made me feel better. It was my secret weapon. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) 20 years later, I say it, we got to break up a little bit here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I I think, I think when people listen, when they read your book and, and, and um, start to identify their it, Mm-hmm. They're gonna fall out laughing at themselves. <laughs> yes, because cause I'm I laughing did. at myself. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I found I found my it, and it was like really, oh. Mary, This is this is what you use as mm. as kind of you know to help control your scars that you deal with. This is what you use, and and it is. So, oh my God, I cannot wait for people wow. to read this book. But yes, I did. I did. <laughs> Uh, my eyes are tearing up right now, but, but um, you, let's see. So now let's move into this. So now you are married to a wonderful man. You have a beautiful family. I'm talking as if I've met them. You have a beautiful <laughs> family. I just feel close to them through the book. Yeah, You have yes. a beautiful family and your husband has shown you what love is and it has nothing to do with this scar that that you deal with right and so how does that make you feel um is it has it been hard to let go uh of it realizing at least to your husband and family they don't they don't see that when they see you they don't and and, you know i i can't even remember my kids really asking me I don't know if I volunteered it when they were younger or yeah it's just kind of like they don't it's no one in this household 
pays attention to it. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband and I, we have had those conversations where I, you know, just felt like he wasn't getting it because he would, you know, he, he also would say, you do know with it or without it, people can still see that. Right. right. And, then, right. and I'm like, it doesn't matter to me. It makes it invisible. Like <laughs> That was your crutch. That was right. Your crutch. That was my crutch. And yeah. you know, it, just the fact that it made it less visible is what, you know, made it better for me because, because it's just really a hyperpigmentation. It's it's darker than the rest of the skin. So, you know, you can see it, but when you wear the it, you know, it kind of makes it all blend in a little better. But it's definitely hard to see yourself as a loved one sees you. Right, right. You know, I think an individual has to see and believe for themselves that he or she is worthy and good right. enough. And that's the place that I've gotten to, you know, I it's like, I know that I'm good enough. I know that I'm worthy. I know that right. I'm all that. But then there's right. times where you question that just simply because I'm different. Yeah. And, you know, what's wrong with being different? It's yeah. what, what I had to get to that place, you know, and realize that, you know, there's no need to hide a part of me because it is a part of me, you know, mm-hmm. just to embrace it all. Right, right. So you you learned a lot in 2020 and stepped outside of your comfort zone, assessed some decisions you had made in the past. Did the pandemic play uh, a part in any of these new discoveries uh, with this book? Absolutely not. Okay. Because as I mentioned before, this is something that I've been thinking about for years. How How do I get away from this crutch? You know, how do I just come out and be Diana Ross and I'm coming out, you know, (laughs) but, you know, that's one thing that I I do stress because a lot of people think, oh, she must have had a lot of time on her hands. She was sitting around the pandemic happened. No, I started this um, in 2019. I got to the point where I'm going to do this. And it was just a matter of how do I want to do it? And so I would just write down things, you know, on scraps, pieces Mm -hmm. of paper, in my journal, uh, in my phone. And I just had all of these notes and thought I have to put it together. And I just remember asking myself, you know, of all of the things that you're dealing with, what is the one thing you're trying to change? What is the one thing that you want to, you know, get out there? And it was, I want to no longer conceal myself. Okay. And that's how Conceal Her No More came right. about. And the it, you know, and the conceal. Right. So that's why I started it with this is what my day is like every day. I got to make sure there have been times where I'm thinking, I have to run back to the mirror. Did I put, oh, yeah, okay, I'm good. You know, because you get so busy with everything else trying to right. rush out the door. Did I put my, uh, my armor on? Right. Uh, right. And, you know, to, that's going to protect me throughout the day. Um, But yeah, with the pandemic, you know, it's probably, there was, you know, a little more downtime, wasn't running around, taking the kids here and there where I was able to continue to put things together. But I started in October of 2019 and Mm -hmm. I initially had the um, release date in my mind of August, 2020, which is when my birthday is in August. And because I wanted to make sure I had a nice amount of additional women 
Right. I was first targeting 10, but you know, I ended up with eight because I said, Hey, I got to get this done. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, that kind of held me up a little bit. And, and honestly, there were moments where I said, are you really going to put your (laughs) stuff out there like that? (laughs) You know, so there we go. I started trying to backtrack, but because no one else knew about it, I didn't have anyone to say, yeah, you know, you may not want to do that. Yeah, 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 it's really not necessary. You know, I had no one to talk me out of it. You okay. know, my husband knew what I was doing and he was just, you know, he didn't really say much. And I didn't tell him that there were times where I started questioning because I knew that it wasn't coming from the right place, those right, questions. Right. So I just kept going, kept going. And then October, 2020. Awesome. Bam, here it is. <laughs> So speaking speaking of those thoughts in your head, you have some great acronyms in the book, and I, I'm only going to tell the listeners one. They got to get the book to see the the others. Okay. But you talk about sift mm-hmm. in the book, and I know for my women's Bible study um, a couple of months back, we or a few months back, we did um, a book by Jeannie Allen, uh, "Get Out of Your Head." of how as women, we so easily can get in our head with thoughts that nobody has said. We just think mm-hmm. they're there. <laughs> and so you're writing this book and now you have this thought of, eh, should I really, you know, should you really write it? Do you really need to do it? So can you talk about SIFT and how you came up with that acronym? So, you know, I will admit I'm an overthinker. So I probably <laughs> need to read that book, Get Out of Your Head. <laughs> And I will hold stuff in and oftentimes I'll concoct scenarios and outcomes. (laughs) And I just realized, okay, you need to stop that. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, you really don't know what's going on. Just like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, people don't know what's going on with me. I don't know what's going on with them. I can only just, you know, put together what I think or just let things be and let the chips fall how they fall. You know, I realized, you know, I just had to stop internalizing these foolish thoughts. You All know? right, SIFT. Yes, SIFT. <laughs> you know, S-I-F-T, stop internalizing foolish thoughts. You know, yes. these thoughts that were just running around in my head, you know, they're looking at me. They're probably saying what happened to her faith. You know, just, yeah. just different things. That, you know, and so I, um, I had to not allow people or society to overrule the fact that I am wonderfully made, you know, and I have lots of lots of things to offer to others. You know, I add value. I know that I do. Mm-hmm. And so, so why question and, and start wondering when people decide to walk away out your life, if they don't find you of value to continue to communicate with you, be in a mm-hmm. relationship with you, friendship, whatever you, you may have, I'm not going to worry about that. You oh. know, I just have to stop thinking about that or, or, or what the problem is because most of the time the problem is not me. Right. It, right. It's, it's the other person that's going through something and it's up to them when they're ready to open up and talk about it, they'll do that. Right. You know, but of course, you know, I need to just always, you know, stay focused and not make those assumptions about what people are thinking um, and just, again, sift, just taking those negative thoughts out and right. focusing on the positive. Yep. Yep. 
that 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 is so so good stop internalizing foolish mm -hmm. thoughts and i love what you said is when people make up in their mind that they want to walk away from you uh we can't take it personal it could look right. they could be dealing with their own internal foolish thoughts exactly uh, that they need to work <laughs> through so we we can't take that on so you write the healing process is like a puzzle the pieces that come together are amazing but you must go through the pain of reliving various events in your life to put the pieces together. Talk to that. Yes. Who would have thought I would use any of my experiences to write in a memoir yeah. for the purposes of helping myself as well as others? Yeah. Um, there were times that I felt I was you know, missing something or I was just not understanding things that have occurred in my life. I think um, I would say I'm happy to say I'm still standing. Okay. You know, we talked about how it could have been a different outcome, you know, and, and again, I'm happy that I'm here on Audacity Presents, you know, just <laughs> because I'm able to um, talk about how I've learned to put the pieces of my life together for yeah. the good. Right. And yes, I'm reflecting on Romans 8, 28. <laughs> and you know that all things work together for yes. good to those who love God, to who those who are called, called according to his purpose. Right. And, you know, just as a puzzle, life is not easy. You know, we'll go through different twists and turns and some experiences will be like those corners and those edges, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, from the pieces of the puzzle yep. where you know where it's supposed to be placed on the outskirts but you just don't know, is it on the top, is right. it on the bottom, on the left? You know, where do I put this puzzle piece? And, you know, when you're putting a puzzle together, you'll make mistakes. And that's just how it is in your life. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to put that puzzle piece in the wrong spot and you'll realize that it just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in life, that's how things are. You know, yeah. it's just not going to fit. It's just not going to work. You, ha you have to walk away from it. You have to learn from it and allow yourself, I would say, um, you know, grace and mercy. And of course, having your faith in God to get through those situations. Right. You know, just as your patience will allow you to uh, put that puzzle together, even though you do have a little picture to look at right. <laughs> that's going to help right. guide you, you know things will eventually fall into place and then you'll step back and you'll look and you'll say, wow, you know, you, you begin to see a picture or, you know, you get to see the life that you hadn't imagined. And, you know, just like you mentioned before, you know, there's going to be a surprise. Something's going to happen with me in this whole experience. And we don't know yet. And that's right. still a part of the puzzle. So, you know, even though you don't have that finished picture of your life, you know, as you have that, as I mentioned, the, the go by on the box, you don't have that. You have examples and others that yeah. you can rely on, you know, that will help you get through this thing called life that has different pieces to it. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, we all have stuff. We all have things we're dealing with and just trying to make sense of it. And we have to take the time to reflect and heal. It may be painful, but mm -hmm. in the end, I believe it's going to be worth it. Awesome. So this next question is, 
Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my village keepers into this because I always talk about uh, us being type A personalities. We're perfectionists, mm-hmm. uh, and so you talk about being a perfectionist in the book and being your own worst critic. It's like you have just written the story of my life here. <laughs> How do you approach perfectionism? Perfectionism now having released so much about yourself uh, in this book. You've written this book and this book doesn't show that you're imperfect, but it's like you've put your life out there. Mm-hmm. So, and and if I know you being a perfectionist myself, it doesn't matter. I am still a perfectionist regardless of what's out there. Right. Yes. You know, and, and I think we're always going to strive yeah. to be perfect. You know, um, I've become a lot more accepting. You know, I accept the fact that I will make mistakes. I accept the fact that I was not created to be perfect, nor will I ever be perfect, no matter how hard I strive to be. And now I will say I will do some spectacular things and everything will appear perfect, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I'll still know that I have flaws, you know, be them physical or emotional. It's just that the mistakes, you know, we make or the misfortunes we go through understand that they help shape and mold us and you can drive yourself crazy trying to be perfect oh you know and so it just you got to take the good with the bad you know and and I think about it like again Tasha Cobb you know imagine how boring life would be if we were all the same right we were all perfect yeah you know where would the opportunity be for growth so yeah. I think embracing human nature and being willing to not be so hard on myself, that will allow me to be more accepting, mm-hmm. not only of myself, but of others as well. Awesome. Awesome. So you have, as part of your book, you bring in some extraordinary women with their own scars. And so why was it important to include these stories of other women and what they are going through or have gone through with their scars? I wanted to share, I guess, tangible evidence that many of us have some type of scar. Again, whether or not it's emotional or physical or, you know, a combination of both. Uh I, you know, even though it's a memoir, I didn't want the book to just be only about my experiences. I just felt the need that I wanted to share how, you know, there are many others who have struggled to embrace the power of scars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We all have our own story to tell. And, you know, those stories, I believe, can help others in some form or fashion. It may not be the exact thing, but something of relevance will come. If it wasn't from my piece, it yep. may be from one of the eight other women. And, and I did have people that said they related to me, but then that same person will say, oh, and when I read about yes. this person, yes. and when I read about that person, <laughs> oh, I thought about this person and I thought about myself. You know, So I'm finding that it, I, I just thought it was great to take the spotlight off myself a little bit. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I want, I, I'm going to apologize to you right now because I I didn't have, this question just came to me okay. and I, I was just wondering, you wrote in the book about this one woman that you started to approach in a store, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. 
You know the woman I'm talking about? Yes. Why yes. didn't you? Why, why did you think that maybe she would be offended by your yes. approach? Okay. I think if she, again, I'm confident. Yes. But if she wasn't by her, if she was by herself, I would have done it. Okay. And I couldn't get her by herself because I was following her for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so perfect, you know. Yeah. She had the um, vitiligo. And this was before I found the woman that did participate in right. the book with the right. vitiligo. But, you know, I could see it on her feet, saw it on her hand or her face. And I just immediately thought, oh my gosh, she would be great, you know, just based on me seeing the physical. Right. But, you know, I had had a conversation maybe two days prior with someone who was talking about someone they knew who had um, keloids on their ears, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how they was always offended and it bothered them when someone asked about it. And, and so I, I think I, I was kind of perplexed between me, how I feel if someone asked me, where I prefer someone to ask me versus staring. Okay. And listening to that person's conversation of, of them telling me how someone was offended and we were in a public store. Yeah, I, right. you know, I didn't want, <laughs> just didn't want anything. I'm coming from a place of peace. Right. And right. I just felt like as bad as I wanted to approach her, I didn't feel comfortable and I just let it go. Yeah. I yeah. just, just let it go. But I know you were thinking, man, she would be good for the book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that was just a that... story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> that was that confidence and that security. <laughs> I wasn't secure enough to feel that. <laughs> I was confident enough to follow her in the store. <laughs> but I was, you know, because, you know, the, the young ladies that were with her, they looked like they may have been her daughters. Okay. And so I can only imagine, you know, why are you approaching my mother about that? Or, right. you know, if I say, excuse me, may I speak to you for a moment? Then they're going to look like, you know, yeah. what is it you have to talk to her about that you can't talk to her? Right. It, it just... It wasn't gonna work out. Yeah. Or <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. Just was it wasn't meant, meant to be. be. So I just left her alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I am I am just I'm full. I'm processing all of your stuff right now in my head. <laughs> um if you had to sum I, I had a question of if you had to sum up this journey, how mm -hmm. would you sum it up? But then I thought, isn't it a continuous journey? And, and that was my response. Ah, <laughs> I said, I said okay. you know, that I'm summing up this journey as I'm just beginning. Okay. You know, because while I've made a lot of strides in my experiences so far, and I have the willingness to continue to share my journey, it has been painful at moments, you know, with a lot of bold movements. We've talked right. about boldness uh, a lot. But that I, you know, I'm going to continue to pray to give me the strength, you know, to keep pushing to get the message out, mm -hmm. because I definitely believe in in the, you know, I, I don't know if it's a slogan or I've just heard this saying before about there being light in the midst of the most darkest mm. situations, and so <clears throat> I'm definitely thankful for my experiences uh, that have left the scars. Because they've helped me grow and they've helped me become a better me. 
um, you know, great for the for those who have entered my life since, you know, like yourself, you know, since me <laughs> writing the memoir, yeah. as well as those, you know, who have left, you know, just they've just shown me a different side of them. And I really need to know who's with me, who's on right. my team. Right. And so I embrace the power of relationships and I'm more open to meeting like-minded individuals who can add value to my life in an organic manner. Good, good, good. And um, that's what I, I absolutely aim to do the same. So this is an amazing journey. I'm on it and I'm taking it one day at a time. Like I mentioned awesome. earlier, you know, there's no hurry up and do anything with this. The toughest part was down you know putting it all on paper right getting it out and now I'm just you know not rushing to complete that puzzle you know I am just going with it day by day and I know that the final picture is going to be fabulous oh my god I have so enjoyed it I loved it when you said I'm just I'm just looking at at who's with me uh, yeah. I always talk about my village keepers, which includes Nikki. I am surrounded by some some beautiful women that I have met and uh, I know that they are with me and there's nothing like knowing who's with you, who, mm-hmm. who you can depend on. I love it when you use the word uh, organic, things that happen naturally. And that has definitely been my friendship with my village keepers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I will be going back, replaying this podcast and taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me just say you are blessed. I'm open to, you know, meeting people and fostering relationships so that I can have um, such a village. I am a closed off person. I I Mm -hmm. don't. I used to say I don't do women. I uh -uh. they they too messy. I, I can't do women. But these ladies have, they have showed me a different side of what it means to have friendship. So I, I appreciate them. Denise, I don't want to hang up with you, but. <laughs> well, call me anytime, you know. <laughs> I will. I will. We can chat whenever. Um, Most definitely. I want to have you back. It. I want to have you back on the show. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to find something. <laughs> Okay, did you enjoy part two? Oh my God, Denise is now a part of my village. Even though we have never met face to face, there was a connection. I I love her already. Again, a picture of her book is on my social media and you can purchase the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, or as I said in part one, wherever books are sold, Uh, just Google it and you will find it. Conceal her no more. So a dear friend of mine, Minister Dolores Lee, shared a devotion with me about a week ago. And this is what she wrote. While life brings its share of physical scars from injuries, there are also inner scars that come from what somebody said. Maybe from a breakup or from a failure that we made or even the loss of a loved one. So oftentimes we try to hide our scars from those wounds. They remind us of the hurt, but you need to see your scars in a new light. God allowed that scar to remind you of what he brought you through. Don't think of the pain, think of the grace of God. The scar means the wound has healed, the pain is over, 
and you're moving forward. So this is my merry moment from the devotion that Minister Lee sent me. Scars tell your story and provide proof that God has healed you. Amen. Remember, Christ died for you, was resurrected for you, is returning for you all because he loves you. Now, all you have to do is confess, believe, and trust in him. Y'all have a good week, and I'll talk to you next week.